You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs, with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here with yet another edition of the Music Growth Talks podcast. And today on this very show, I am excited to welcome uh, an artist with a fascinating story. His stage name is Joy Suki, and some of you in the electronic music scene may recognize the name. He's been a very successful international DJ and producer for over 10 years, uh, and uh, among the things he he's achieved as an artist, uh, he had played Tomorrowland and Creamfields, uh, some of the biggest electronic music festivals in the world. He produced a track with Hardwell. Uh, Joe made uh, it to the Beatport Top uh, 100 uh, numerous times, made remixes for Jennifer Lopez and Pitbull, and he hit number one in the American Billboard charts. He's achieved a lot as an artist, and uh, you may think that he couldn't be happier with the life he had, but he discovered the dark sides of uh, being well-known and living the lifestyle so many independent musicians dream of. And um, uh, he uh, he went through quite a, a difficult burnout, and uh, eventually in 2015 he decided to stop his music career and start coaching musicians instead uh, with the experience he has and the kind of network he's got especially in electronic music um, markets uh, he can deliver a lot of interesting insights to artists and if you are anyhow interested you can find a link to his uh, website in the show notes for this episode and uh, uh, I had a great conversation with Joy, and we talked uh, a lot about music marketing, as you can guess, knowing the format of uh, Music Growth Talks. And he has shared a number of uh, interesting insights on direct-to-fan marketing and email marketing and uh, branding and uh, some of the music industry trends. Uh, so I hope that you will enjoy the kind of information uh, He's sharing here, and uh, I do think that this is a very interesting story, um, and it's something that indie musicians need to hear because um, there is there is this dark side to uh, to being famous, and uh, uh, the the health, uh, both physical and mental, I- issue is is quite a big thing in the industry. I'm I'm quite happy that it's being brought up. Uh, quite a lot um, on music conferences. I just came from AD. This um, episode was recorded a few weeks before the event. I didn't have a chance to meet Joy after all, unfortunately, but uh, it was great to see him participating at the panel, knowing that he participated at the panel about uh, artist health. Uh, discover more of it on uh, on these uh, very episodes and uh, you can find out more in the show notes at musicgrowthtalks.com and datatmusic.com and on a side note if you're listening to this show before uh, November 11th then uh, I highly recommend you checking out uh, the upcoming masterclass I will be hosting from London and you can find out all the details. It's really something special. Uh, so you can find all the details at wise.me 
slash monetization and wise is spelled as uh, w h i i so double i s e dot me slash monetization and uh, the name of the masterclass is how to get a hundred pain fans in a hundred days it's it will be extremely practical and to the point and you can find out more details at that url and uh, uh, sign up for a freebie or just sign up to the actual masterclass uh, there is a um, uh, early bird discount before october 29th if i'm not mistaken um yes october 29th i just double checked so uh it's just something that some of you uh would benefit from and if you have any questions let me know as usual if you have any questions about the episode you're about to hear let us know in the comments on soundcloud leave a review on apple podcasts as well and uh, hope you enjoy it hey joy welcome Hello, to to music growth talks i'm excited to welcome you here thank you thank you for having me how are you doing this uh monday morning so far all good a little bit tired of the weekend sometimes uh the weekend are for rest but this one hasn't been one of rest <laughs> so you can hear my voice probably it's a little bit uh torn down but i'm uh, i'm really good actually thanks yeah same i just came from reaper bun and you can hear that from my voice as well i guess <laughs> Anyway, so that's uh, that's really cool to to chat with you, and um, you've got an interesting background, a very interesting story, and uh, some of our listeners may not be familiar with uh, with your name and what you do yet. So, do you mind uh, just starting off with uh, sharing maybe like a short version of of your story? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Joey. I've been an artist and uh, like DJ and producer for the last ten years. I started off at a really young age and I quit playing DJing at the age of 26, I think. I've done a lot of things in, in my career, as in uh, I started at the bottom and I ended at a pretty pretty high level. I did collaborations with Hardwell, with Firebeats. Uh, I released a lot of stuff on Revealed. I had my own label, Dubbed Records. Yeah, did a lot of things, did remixes for Jennifer Lopez, Pitbull, played at Tomorrowland and Creamfields. And after doing that for 10 years, I got a burnout because of the yeah because of the working uh, thing and i just started to realize that the life that i was living wasn't really the life that i was that i wanted to have at that particular moment so i decided to quit and to start focusing on on something new and that something new became being an artist coach so i'm i'm an artist coach right now for about two years and that actually means that I help artists uh, in their career. So I will be there to guide them along the way or be a neutral sparing partner or, uh, yeah, actually everything you would like me to be. Sometimes I do business consultancy as well for the artists uh, or just social tactics. So could be really anything. And that's what I'm doing right now for uh, this is the second year. And uh, I'm really happy that I made the choice to quit DJing because I wasn't happy with the life that I had at that moment. And everything's way better right now so that's just my story in a in a nutshell actually yeah that's really cool and interesting and um uh you live uh, the dream of so many producers and DJs out there and and uh you just got tired of it and uh the burnout doesn't sound fun at all uh so no. it's interesting and now you're showing others how to achieve that kind of lifestyle in a way but i guess yeah. you are you are you're helping artists you coach and consult to prevent the mistakes Yes, I yes. Imagine you sometimes, 
sometimes it's about the, the health as well, of course, because some DJs are having trouble finding their way or finding balance in the life they're having and uh, like traveling that much and, and drinking a little bit and don't sleeping that much, not, not re- eating really healthy and still having a family back home or a girlfriend or whatsoever that you want to see as well, of course. So a lot of artists are struggling with that balance as well. So that's what I'm helping with as well. From my experience, the artists who are full-time musicians uh, have uh, the most stress and the most pressure financial and in terms of relationships and time and everything. So uh, I've always been curious about, I have been exploring this topic of uh, finding the right balance between uh, uh, free things, I guess, uh, the musical work, uh, the personal life and uh, maybe a daytime job. Uh, do yeah. do many of many of your artists um, full time musicians or they mainly work elsewhere? It depends. Like the, I also have a few starting artists, so they are they are doing a lot of good things at the moment, like releasing on on big labels, and their career is getting is getting started. So they're at a real nice point. But the thing is that they're not making enough money to uh, make a living out of the music thing, so they still need to have a part time job or maybe a full time job as well. And they just do music on the side until they are making enough money to actually quit and start living from music. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys who are doing that right now as well. Yeah. What are the main income streams for your artists at the release? Is it just live performance? And, and just to clarify, by the way, so mainly you work with electronic producers and DJs, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. I mean, just because some of our listeners may be in different genres, but a lot of, uh, I mean... Everything that you are sharing and talking about is applicable to any genre, really. So, yeah, I was just curious if uh, if you could highlight some of the particular income streams for for your artists who are uh, getting started, get some traction already, and just growing to the point where they can already have made it a full time thing. So, what's what's the mix usually in terms of where the money comes from? For an up and coming artist, I think the most income will come out of uh, the gigs because tracks aren't selling that much because you don't have a big following yet. So uh, it's mainly the gigs in the beginning. And of course, a licensing could be part of that as well. If your tracks do well and if you release tracks on labels instead of just uh, giving them away for free, of course. But the, the main income in the beginning will definitely come from gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as I thought. But uh, it's interesting how, yeah, so uh, for for some genres... Um, licensing is picking up and so on but yeah. uh but still in electronic music i think in particular it's a lot about like uh about performing so it makes a lot of sense yeah the, the thing is that you can earn money of your tracks as well of course like there's a lot of money to earn there but the thing is that people need to know you as an artist and they need to know your music so if you don't have a following yet it's really hard to uh, get a lot of plays on spotify or uh yeah get a being bought a lot on itunes or on beatboard that's why you need a following and you'll get the following by playing a lot and uh, having a, a nice social media strategy and making good music, of course. So I think that the first thing here is gigs and you can earn a lot of money in there. And from then on, the music will start to earn money as well. One of the other reasons I asked about that, I was curious if you've seen any interesting uh, direct-to-fan monetization approaches among maybe not just your artists, but... Uh, but produces in in the uh, electronic music scene lately. 
because uh, th there have been if some interesting things happening with uh, membership subscriptions, uh, dead mouse. But I think there have been some more recent examples and uh, using uh, Facebook bots for hardware, I believe, and so on. So, have you seen any interesting implications of just uses of direct to fan monetization approaches lately? I think uh, Revealed is doing a good job on that lately because they are starting. They've just started building their own platform. It's just online, I think, a few weeks ago. And you can buy their tracks on their own website. So you don't really need like a beatboard anymore or whatsoever. They are just putting everything on their own platform. Merchandise, their releases, free downloads. And I think that's an interesting development. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I, I think th there is a big potential. I mean, it's been around for over a decade, or like rather decades, because... Uh, Musicians have been selling something interesting, be it an experience or uh, products to their super fans. But uh, it's, um, I still think that many artists don't invest enough uh, energy and resources in, in that direction because it, there is a much bigger potential uh, in that area. But anyway, it's not exactly applicable to up and coming and young, let's say, artists anyway. No, uh, but it's, it is something yeah. that you can start off pretty early. As I agree. I think people underestimate the fact that you can collect email addresses from your fans because that's the perfect way to approach them personally, you know, like and direct. If you have a new release and let's say you have an email list from 2000 fans, you can send out one email to all those 2000 fans from which you know they like your music, from which you know they are a fan of you. And you can send like an email to them like, hey, my new track is out. You could listen to it here or you can download it here or whatsoever. You instantly have 2,000 people who are interested in your brand and interested in your music. And I think you shouldn't underestimate that. So you can always start pretty early with collecting email addresses from I, fans. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, among some music marketers, uh, especially in, in uh, electronic EDM scenes, from what I've seen, it's, it's not been extremely popular in email marketing because of uh, how... The Gen Z uh, using <laughs> social media and manages not email that much and so on. But so you do believe that uh, it's the right strategy for pretty much every artist out there. Yeah, I think email still is pretty important. As in, everyone has an email and you can... It's a little bit more personal, I think. I do think that communication will change over time. Like, uh, like you mentioned, Generation Z. I read an interesting article last week about how a 14-year-old kid nowadays communicates. And there was he said that he was using only uh, Facebook Messenger. So yeah. they don't use WhatsApp or iMessage or whatsoever. They, they communicate with their friends over Facebook Messenger. So that means that if you want to reach out to those kind of people, to, to those 14-year-olds, you really can't reach out to them by email, you know? You need to reach out to them through Facebook Messenger. So that's where a bot comes in or like another different strategy. I do think email is an important one, but I should keep my eyes open for the future because things are changing. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And I'm with you about the importance of email. I mean, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it may not be as impactful as, as uh, some years ago uh, because of uh, decreased open rates and things like that. But yeah. still, it's a great way to engage fans and to sell to them eventually especially if you do the right thing with them making them very personal and so on exactly. uh, the emails you need, that you send out you need to approach it through the right way as in you need to understand that when someone leaves their email address on your website because of a free download or because 
of a newsletter or whatsoever. It's their option, you know, so they made a choice to do that. So that means they're interested in you, in your brand and your music. And it's way more interesting for them to get an email that your music is out or that you have a new track list or a new mix or whatsoever, because they're interested in you. And they made the decision themselves. That's a big difference, I think. What uh, do you usually use to collect emails? Uh, content lockers? I imagine free giveaways of tracks, but maybe you've been experimenting with something else along those lines? At this moment, I use the free download guide. So I created a guide with a lot of tips and tricks for, for artists, actually. So from social media to producing to, yeah, actually a, a lot of things. So that's a free guide you can download on my website, but you can only download it, of course, if you uh, put in email address. So that's yeah. how I use it right now. But you can also do that with tracks. Uh, I have done it with tracks, actually. But yeah, there's a lot of, actually, everything that you can give away for free or something that you want something in return for, that's the way that you could use email. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I'm linking to the website and to the guide yeah. of yours in the show notes, by yeah. the way. And there's easy software system to track it, like like Mailchimp and stuff. It's really easy to yeah, it's easy to use. Cool, cool, good stuff. So, speaking of uh, the these uh, fundamental steps for up and coming musicians, so you just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, the importance of building an email list. I'm always glad when this brought up because we need to remind all the artists out there of uh, the importance of building the list can be frustrating at times and it takes time but it is important what are the other typical struggles you you find among musicians who come to you or the typical mistakes that they make so or or what are the number some of the first steps that you help uh, your artists with i I don't ask you to give away all your secrets but maybe you can share some of the interesting insights I think I don't really believe in not sharing knowledge. That's why I give away a lot of stuff through my my Facebook page because I can tell you anything I want, as in I can tell you how it works. But the thing is, you should do the work, as in I can tell you how how you can do it or how, what's possible or what's not possible and what software you can use or what's not to use. But in the end, you're the only one who's going to make the difference. Yeah, And that's the thing, like 99% of the people that are on my Facebook page are reading my articles and are, are looking at my videos and they yeah they just have look enjoy it and that's it but that one percent is definitely going to use it and they will grow in their career so uh, our listener be that one percent <laughs> and, and <laughs> act on this stuff no I, I i agree fully it's all about how you implement uh, the knowledge because yeah, you, you know, get, we, yeah yeah the, you, we have the internet nowadays there are no secrets anymore as in everything that you would like to know is on the internet if you're looking for uh, uh for videos to help you producing there there's tons of them uh, if you need help how to release a track there's like fifty thousand pdf files telling you how to release a track or things that you need to be on the lookout for in agreements or everything's on the internet. So there aren't any secrets anymore. The only thing is that you should use it and do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. Speaking of which, so uh, any specific um, typical steps or, or things you you do when you uh, start a new project, a new, a new uh, coaching program for an artist most of the people are having trouble finishing their tracks so they have like 30 open projects and they're not able to finish one of them which results to not finishing anything at all and not releasing any music of course which is kind of important if you're an artist so i think that's one of the main struggles for especially for producers 
And the other thing is like marketing. So how do I brand myself and how put myself out there? Uh, yeah, that I think those are the two biggest things right now that people are struggling with. So, so how how do you address the first problem uh, with of the entry in the tracks? I, I've seen it a lot as well myself, and uh, it can yeah. be big, big problem. But how to fight it in the long run, not just, you know, push the artists to release what they've got, f- finalize, finish somehow what they've got, but help them uh, get in the, r- the right mindset of shipping, yeah. of delivering. It's, I think mindset, like you, th- that's the perfect word, actually. Like mindset is really important. If you go into the studio and you're being down, it's almost impossible to create a track because for cre- you need to be like happy to have creativity. And I think the first thing that I always say, like work fast, as in if you feel creative and you go into the studio, like work fast, don't stick to mixing the hi-hats at the beginning, you know, that that's something you can do at the end or yeah, that's not necessary from the beginning. In the beginning process, it's really important to work fast and get the creativity out there as soon as possible so that you can start working on the melody and then like the arrangement, put on a quick arrangement. Then put in every every element you need, so the bass, the melody, the hi-hats, the kicks, everything. And while the arra- arrangement stands, it will probably take you like a day or something. And that's the moment where you can start finishing everything off, as in perfectionize everything. Yeah. So if you have a hi-hat and you think like, yeah, there should be a hi-hat, but I don't really like the sound of this one. So you'll just take another one. But you'll do that at the end of your process and not in the beginning. Right. So when you are in the flow, in the creative flow, you want yes. to yeah. do as much of the. I think process. everyone everyone knows the feeling when you're in the studio and you're just having that flow. You know, everything's just working out. As in, yeah, yeah you know, sometimes you finish a track in four or five hours because everything just works out and every piece of the puzzle just fits. If you recognize the feeling and if you are in the studio and having that feeling, just go on and uh, don't really worry about the mixing part. Because the mixing and finalizing can be done afterwards. Good, good one. Uh, cool. And uh, so, yes, hopefully this little piece of the useful advice will come handy to some of our yeah, uh, musicians. I actually, yeah. I actually uh, made a small online course about it. It's almost finished and I'm going to put it up online this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about finishing music. So there's a lot of tips and tricks in there about how you can make sure that you're, yeah, you're in a better place to finish your music quicker. Cool, cool. So you be sure to send me the link because maybe uh, this okay. show will be out just, you know, when the course yeah. is already uh, online. So that's Definitely. cool. Yeah. So uh, something that's very relevant to the topic, to the main theme of our uh, podcast, also we cover many topics, including a bit of uh, the creative and production process uh, is, is marketing. So uh, it's a really big one, but I already like that you mentioned branding specifically. And uh, this is uh, a big thing for for new artists just building their brands online. And yeah, so I'm I'm trying to make the question as specific as possible, but it's a bit difficult. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe along the same lines, maybe you have uh, some examples or typical tips you give to musicians uh, in regards to their online branding and presence specifically. Maybe how early to start uh, taking care of it or using some other musicians as examples or not. Um, so anything you can share with us? I think the first logical tip, and I hope everyone who's listening already knows this because it's the most important, but everything just needs to have the same look and feel. 
So if you have a logo or if you don't have one, create one because it's really important. But I think having the same look and feel on all your social media pages is one of the most important thing because people need recognize and need to recognize that if they're on your Instagram account and they see your logo or your press picture, that they that they're on the same page as on your Facebook, you know, that they recognize that you're the same guy. So I also I always recommend when you want to start on working on your branding, a logo and good press pictures are something you need to get started. That's yeah. definitely uh, yeah the best one. Yeah, 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 definitely. So uh, what do you usually recommend in regards to the website? For the website, you do need a website as in... Yeah, it's, it's still necessary. A lot of people think it's not, but I think it is because that's the only thing, the only uh, thing you're not depending on someone else. As in, if Facebook decides to quit tomorrow, which probably won't happen, but it's an option, you're going to lose your fans you have over there. And if you have a website and people visit your website and they leave their email addresses whatsoever, it's all, yeah, it's all in your own, in your own hands, actually. Yeah. So I should definitely recommend to have it, but I would just have like one landing page having uh, the social media pages connected there. So just Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's just, just a simple landing page with your press picture and links to your social media pages. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good starting point because... Yeah. And it's really easy to make, you know, so just open a WordPress account and uh, take like a basic theme and you have a website. So it's not that easy to... Uh, it's not that hard to... There are even, yeah, and there are even easier ways to, to, to create a, neat, a good looking website these days, which is yeah. really really cool because there are options and uh, yeah so it can serve a particular purpose from the beginning from uh, collecting email addresses you mentioned some uh, giveaways yep. and uh, and uh, press information and, and so on so speaking of uh, social media you mentioned earlier how uh, building your following and fan base through through performing and DJing is uh, the way to go for many for many DJs and producers out there, have you been optimizing your social media profiles for capturing these fans who may discover you when you perform at a festival or in a club? Meaning, uh, maybe just trying to to make it easier to find you on social media when you perform through through uh, any kind of means, uh, or or just optimizing the the giving some incentive on the social media platform. So, have you been optimizing or helping your artists optimize your social media profiles for capturing fans on social media not email but specifically yeah. as followers on social media i'm not really sure if that's like possible because i like there's one thing i did which probably is what you mean right now i once did a gig like five six years back where i printed a t-shirt with a qr code on it do you know what a qr yeah. code yeah, is yeah. Yeah. yeah i printed a qr code on it because i had a yeah, I had a free release, a free giveaway. And if you scanned that QR code, you uh, were going to my social media pages to get the free download. So while I was playing, I was just wearing a white shirt with a black QR code on it. That's something simple, you know, and something creative, which could help, of course. But I think nowadays all the search engines on the social media platforms are so strong. So if people know what your name is when you're playing, if you have like visuals or whatsoever, or you're on the flyer, it's pretty easy to be found you know so i'm not really sure if it's necessary to uh yeah to do that well you're, you're already at that and then uh making sure that uh, your profiles are consistent in terms of the look is also important because someone uh, yeah, yeah. just uh if uh yeah i just find you on one uh, on one platform it, it should be very easy for them to understand that it's yeah, you it's on another 
it's the same again with branding as in recognition. So if a fan is standing in the crowd and you're playing and your logo is on the back of the screen behind you while you're playing and they want to look you up on social media and they're typing your name and they instance, instantly see the logo, that's recognition, you know, they, they see like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. So that's, that's again the branding as in all your pages should, should be on the same, um, same branding. So just using your logo or using your press picture to create recognition with people. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, QR codes, I think it's still uh, it's still a thing. So I thought that it would die out out some time ago. But uh, I mean, just uh, how the browsers are just up- updated the Google Chrome on my iPhone some weeks ago, and it's uh, it, it's much easier to scan a QR code than ever in the yeah. in the past. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe it was already on Android phones. I don't know. But anyway, it's interesting how to to see how it's getting easier to how um everyone is generally aware of what it is and how to use it so that's something that uh some of our uh, listeners may still experiment with so that's yeah, it's, it's uh, something that's, that just keeps on coming back as in i'm not sure if you're uh, if you're using bitcoins or whatsoever but bitcoins also using the qr codes right um, right my, yeah. my bank in holland uses qr codes to do payments it's something that just keeps on coming back. It's not something that just that is pushing through, you know, but it's something that keeps on coming back and that you could use if you want to. Yeah, something that's getting way bigger than that right now is uh, AR. And yeah. uh, But I haven't seen too many interesting uh, cases with music just yet, but it's coming for sure. Have you, by the way? So have you seen any artists doing any cool... Augmented reality. Uh, yes, apps or any, uh, or, or yeah, adding in a different a digital layer to, to their products. A, I think Avicii is doing it right now. He's using a Snapchat filter to promote his new single. You could send in a movie of yourself dancing with like like an emoticon of, of Avicii. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, uh, I right, think he's right, right. doing that right now. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, anyone who is is not in electronic music genre necessarily should be looking at what producers do because I've, from my experience, a lot of the times these um, new technologies are experimented with by big electronic music artists first. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool to see how the technology is being used actively before it's mainstream even by producers like Avicii, yep. yeah, so that's it, really it interesting. Really, uh, it could be really useful to be there first because it could still be free or whatsoever. So I would really recommend to keep an eye on all the other producers and artists to have a look what they're doing right now. Yeah, and you don't need to uh, uh, implement all of it right away because, for example, as an up-and-coming artist, you may not need a Facebook bot. You better spend some time chatting with people personally yeah. <laughs> on and Facebook. Yeah, for the Facebook uh, bot, there's a simple option uh, that you can do yourself, as in just in the settings of Facebook, where you have a page. Uh, you can just, uh, I have it as well, actually. I have like one or two sentences that automatically replies when you send me a message. Yeah. Uh, so it's really to set up, but if you want a really advanced one, like Hardwell does or whatsoever, that's a little bit more difficult. But you can, like the first message, uh, it's really easy to set up in the settings from Facebook. Yeah, that's right. The automatic message. It's something that everyone should be setting up because it's uh, 
improves the uh, response rate yes. ratings and so on. So yes. you you want to be replying quickly to people who reach out to you on the Facebook page on your Facebook page yes. because it's uh, it affects everything. Your and, your yeah. And one other thing I really want to mention to them, as in what they should do is they should never forget that. If they get a message on Facebook or if someone takes the time to reply on your Facebook post or Instagram post or whatsoever, always reply back because you're talking to human. You're not talking to bots or whatsoever. It's always nice when you get like a message back from someone. Yeah. So just communicate online. That's that's the only thing I really want to say. People don't do that that much. And I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's crazy to me how it's oversought many times because, uh, I mean, you are not you may come to the point where you get so many messages that you cannot handle them all and you will... Oh, but you can, you can handle a few, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. Nothing. And so people, others will see that you are at least... Uh, it, that you are not an asshole and you communicate with people. Uh, so even if you haven't replied to them, it's you, they will see that you uh, generally do your best. But it's in the future, if you are just starting out, you can handle all of the comments so even those that don't uh, bring too much value and uh kind of neutral they're still worth replying so that's a great great advice in my opinion and uh i i think that artists need to take care of notifications and monitoring tools to ensure that they don't miss the comments and uh, direct messages and uh, reply to yeah, I think that's something you really uh, you really can't underestimate. As in, it's really powerful to just interact with your fans, let them know that you're interested, uh, talk with them. Yeah, those kind of things. Totally, community building. Uh, so this is uh, really interesting, a big one. So yeah. um, you started off uh, this conversation with with sharing some of the non marketing or business related uh, topics but the theme of uh, burnouts and uh, and just uh, feeling unhealthy just living this uh, kind of rock and roll lifestyle as a successful producer and uh, I know that you will be participating in this panel at uh, Amsterdam dance events in October actually just yes oh man yeah. in a few weeks when relatively to when we are recording <laughs> this of course uh, so um so the theme will be what? What's the topic of the of the panel? The theme is uh, who should be responsible for the mental health of the artist. Do you, do you have an answer <laughs> to that question? In my opinion, it's it's the artist himself, but also the team around him. So actually, everyone. <laughs> of course, it starts off with the artist himself, as in he should know where his boundaries are, and he should know when he's able to do something or when he's simply not able to do something, because. Someone else isn't able to look into your body and see like, oh, he's going too far or he's, yeah, he's doing too much. So really communicate. But in the end, there's a few things that the management and the booker should think about as well. So not planning too much gigs or too much flights after each other. Uh, yeah, try to take care of healthy food when there's a gig. Just put healthy food on the rider. So there's always healthy food at the venue or whatsoever instead of just fries and pizza and all those things. So I think... A little bit of everyone is responsible for the mental health. Yeah, I mean the it's so often promote the kind of unhealthy lifestyle is promoted so often that uh, it's it's dangerous because yeah. you, you it's uh, just the little sleep, too much alcohol, bad food, and so on can really yeah. ruin uh, the and and not to mention the travels because it can be frustrating. I for, for some of our listeners maybe who haven't been performing all that much. 
if it's all outside of the, of of their you know city or country. So how do you honestly feel? And I don't know the answer, by the way. Maybe you <laughs> enjoy a lot of that process. But how do you feel about the actual process of traveling? Not not exploring the new destination, but the actual process of the, the work travel. Yes. In the beginning, I really liked it to travel on my own. I always traveled on my own until the end, actually. But in the beginning, I really liked it because I was pretty young and I got to see the world. And the thing, because I was alone, I was forced to mix and mangle in the culture there. So talk with people from different countries, eat different food. And I learned a lot about myself and about the world by traveling. But after like three or four years, it just got really lonely and really hard because yeah, you're, you're always on your own. So no one to, uh, to talk with. And if you have someone to talk with, so let's say a booker or whatsoever, it's always like those standard conversations because you don't really have an intimate relationship with them. So they don't know that much about you. They only know your music. It's like really casual conversations, actually. And of course, that's not a problem every time, but you get really tired of it after yeah, a few months of traveling and being tired and yeah, that's the thing. So in the beginning, I really liked it, but at the end, it was really hard for me. That's yeah. That's a cool insight here. Being feeling lonely, so it's it's not something that everyone may maybe realizing when uh, when just getting no. into that but area. That's the thing you know, you see the Instagram posts with the photos of ten thousand people exactly. and you standing yeah. in front of it and thinking like, wow, that's amazing. But you don't realize that one hour later you will be in your hotel room in your own, skyping with your girlfriend or with your friends or whatsoever, and that's just really. To me, it was really lonely. Yeah, and without even groupies in the hotel room, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, that's interesting. I, I I'm pretty sure that the the panel will be interesting. I'm looking forward to being there as well in the nice. just uh, just checking it out. And um, yeah, appreciate you sharing some uh, some cool insights on that because you you've been there, you've done that, and you definitely have some interesting things to share with. With other artists out there, so um, uh, yeah, just as I mentioned, so we are linking to all the resources and the website and social media profiles mm-hmm. of yours in the show notes. But uh, you let me know if uh, you want to share anything else before we wrap it up as uh, an advice to our listeners. Um, one last advice that I really want to give is: artists should know that they are not only an artist, but they're running a business. And that's something that they, that they should be aware of. Yeah, that's so, is it financial. just because it's, that's the fact. It's just it's yeah, you like know, you're just you're everyone. just a company. In the end of the story, you're just a company, and you need to make sure that everything is on point as well. So, like financial parts, uh, agreements, all those things should be on point as well. You're not only making music; you're a businessman, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't always enjoy that i mean if you don't enjoy that you can delegate it at some point in the future exactly. yeah, yeah exactly that's something but you, you need to be aware of the fact that you need to find someone if you don't like it but you should take care of all those things great great tip for sure so thank you so much and uh looking forward to the upcoming courses and resources from you i expect to see a lot more interesting stuff coming from the artist coaching camp of yes, yours thanks so thanks, uh, yeah. thanks for having me on this podcast. Thank you for being a guest of ours. <laughs> thanks. Looking forward to meeting you with ADE. I really hope that you enjoyed these uh, episodes. Thanks to Joy for sharing all these uh, 
uh, fascinating really insights with us and uh, yeah once again you can find out more uh, in the show notes dot music.com musicgrowthtalks.com and uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments on the blog or on SoundCloud uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if uh, you are into spending a couple minutes on that Uh, just so you know those reviews uh, help us a lot it's not just about um, uh, looking good on the platform but actually when you uh, leave a positive rating to our podcast uh, then uh, these algorithms um, on iTunes uh, basically help the podcast being discovered by Uh, by other musicians and industry professionals who are listening to similar podcasts so it's very important for uh, for us for being discovered so if you have a few minutes please do leave a review on Apple I, I constantly want, want to say uh, iTunes Uh, but it's not exactly iTunes anymore, so the platform for podcasts is now called Apple Podcasts. So please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, so on iTunes, same thing, pretty much. And uh, till next time, thank you for listening to Music Growth Talks. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.